Hello and welcome to our mini episode this week. And in today's mini, we're going to be playing our out of context comment game and seeing if Lisa can work out just what these comments are referring to. As well as answering your personal question. And this week it's all about celebrity children names. So get comfortable and cozy. And let's jump straight to the comments. So we're going to now go straight into our out of context comment game. And if you haven't listened before, I'm going to read a series of comments while Lisa tries to guess what kind of story they relate to. So, Lisa, are you ready for this? Yes, I am. Bring it on. Well, I have five comments and I'm just going to start and see if you know what I'm talking about. First one, you know how you know something is a crap idea because it is so obviously a crap idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, super specific. I feel like this is my whole corporate career. But, uh... <laughs> You're like, I told you, I warned you, you did it anyway. Yeah, that's why there was a healthy pause. I was like, should I say that? <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got another one for you. I think they're saying it's higher than Honduras per head of population. What? Oh my God. Third one. Now this is something AI can really get its teeth into. Oh, don't get me started about AI. Um... <laughs> writing something to do with writing okay. come on fourth comment it was like watching cardboard being bent week after week after week okay something to do with murder generic murder stories now i'm like oh my gosh where do i start this is a needle in the haystack you've got to help me <laughs> final comment i think this one will give it away cabot cove must be the murder capital of the usa Yes, I've read this before. Yes, 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 yes. I always suspected that Jessica Fletcher was a serial killer who was very good at framing other people. (laughs) Oh, wow. Never heard that before. Yeah. So this story is about murder she wrote, but there was an article in The Guardian and there is a movie version on the way. Oh. Um, And this has been announced almost a year after the death of Angela Lansbury, who starred in, you know, this was a really successful TV show, I think. It was on throughout our childhood, right? Like, I mean, for years. It was the definition of cosy TV, right? Absolutely. Grandpa TV. Yeah, yeah. Always in the afternoon. So Lansbury actually played Fletcher in 264 episodes uh, between 1984 and 96. And she reprised her role in four feature length TV movies from 97 to 2003. So they're now going to reboot the classic series as a movie. Mm -hmm. And so far... Dumb Money writers Lauren Shakur Bloom and Rebecca Angelo have confirmed that Universal have commissioned them to write the reboot. So how Mm -hmm. do you feel about this? Well, firstly, I just think it is, like I said, the epitome of cosy TV. Mm. I mean, it has become like for me the template of every cosy detective TV show. You know, when women are in those three stages of Hollywood, they're either the babe driving Miss Daisy or solving crimes on bikes or district attorneys, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it It was a massive comeback for her. She started out in Gaslight. I don't know if you saw that film. She had a bit part mm-hmm. in that with Ingrid Bergman, and that was in 1944. And then this just totally relaunched her. Um, it became one of the longest-running and most popular detective drama series in television history. And at its peak, the show attracted weekly audiences in the US of more than 25 million. Mm-hmm. And she won four Golden Globes. But she was absolutely beloved, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. And like you said, I think the coziness comes from the familiarity. Mm -hmm. There was a set template of how it happened each week and it was nicely tied up with a bow at the end. And do you remember at the end, it always ended on her laughing 
she was always talking to someone yeah, and laughing. That freeze frame, yeah, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? Well, yeah, everything was like, ah, oh, life is resolved. Let's go back to our ironing and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Angela Lansbury. So she once said this to sum up the appeal of it. I've always said, give me a victim and I'll weave a story around it. But you never see blood. You never see violence. I like to believe it's something a grandmother could watch with her grandchild and each would get enjoyment out of the story. In today's world, that's unusual. Audiences were enormously comforted by Jessica. If she was there, people had a sense that all was right with the world. Yeah, I mean, she she had that sort of like grandmother energy, even though she didn't have mm-hmm. kids. And she was like this widow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was smart, but she wasn't threatening. But going back to that point about like sort of bloodlessness of these murders that is something that really intrigues me because you know like um, Rosemary and Time yeah you know going back to ladies solving crimes on bikes there is something like these people just fell over while playing croquet (laughs) it's like the least dramatic I mean it's dramatic because they're not around anymore but it's not like they it looks like nothing killed them well, it's like a, a sort of almost comedic as well. There's almost something quite jolly about the whole thing. And do you remember Diagnosis yes. Murder? Where that was another like classic. Um, you had Dick Van Dyke from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins. And he also made his late life reappearance as a sort of doctor slash detective. And the classic for me as well was always Columbo. Oh, I love Columbo. Yeah. There was this amazing comment that I read where it's like, when will film TV execs help those of us who are too lazy to figure out murder mysteries by rebooting Columbo? So maybe that's the next step of where it should go. I really like to do a rewatch of Columbo because I just think they were actually really clever yeah. scripts and yeah. stories. And there was always that. And just one more question. <laughs> and that whole idea of just being really humble and befriending. The, I mean, like whoever he becomes best friends with, within three minutes of that episode is inevitably the murderer, right? <laughs> so it's, it's very much a given what's going to happen. But going back to Angela Lansbury, I mean, she, like you said, had a really expansive career. Mm. I mean, she did like sort of musicals, didn't she? Like, is it Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Bedknobs and Broomsticks was one of my favourite uh, films as a kid. And it's one, one we had on VHS and something that me and my cousins used to rewatch again and again. We loved that film. Yeah, me too. But who, sorry, you're saying there's going to be a reboot. Who have they actually cast as the main character? Ah, okay. So that hasn't been announced. And it was quite interesting because when I looked at the comments on the story, a lot of the comments were to do with casting. So uh, quite a few comments said stuff like, it's unthinkable without Angela Lansbury. And quite a lot of people also suggested, like in that comment at the beginning, that it might work if they use AI to bring her back. What? Although I think that's unlikely. I think I don't think people are going to do what, like a CGI, and, yeah, version like, of her, yeah, Jessica Fletcher, yeah. What? Okay, that's really far fetched. In the comments were a series of different people suggesting who should replace her, and among them was Meryl Streep, yeah, Gillian Anderson because she can do the whole British Ooh. and American accent, yeah. Scarlett Johansson in Old Face was one suggestion. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't think, I think she's only just touching 40, but No, okay. but that's what they mean. So old faces like, uh, you know, where you've deliberately done all the stuff to make you look older okay. with the makeup. Yeah. But I think that would just be too distracting. I wouldn't be able to concentrate because um, I'd be like, oh, I can clearly see that's not a real person. Yeah. Uh, someone said Kim Cattrall would make a very good Jessica Fletcher. Another person suggested Kathy Bates. Oh, yep. And a final one was Lumley is the only person I could think who would play Lansbury, oh. Lansbury's character. What, and they re-sort of 
locate it to the UK. But then the UK has got too many murders in every seaside town already and major sort of picturesque village or town. I mean, they've run out of areas. I suppose the point is that Angela Lansbury played uh, an American in it and it was set in America, but she was a British actress. So maybe that's where they're coming from, is you have another British actress who takes on that same role. Who would you cast? I don't know why, but I'd like Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French to do this together. Well, they did um, Murder Most Horrid, didn't they? They did. Do you oh, remember did they that? Already? Yeah, they did. A, it was that was a comedy version, though. Oh, because I just think they'd be brilliant. Yeah, but then I suppose you wouldn't get really into the drama of it. It'd be too funny. But you can only have one. You've got to have like if you're redoing Angela Lansbury. It's there is no one I can really think of because I think that Helen Mirren wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, yeah. She could be a sort of good nosy neighbour, I suppose, detective lady. You know what will happen? It'll end up being cast and it'll be someone like Megan Fox. <laughs> um, or they could go for someone completely unknown. You know what's difficult, though, is for me, Jessica Fletcher is synonymous with Angela Lansbury in the same way that for me, yeah. they have had quite a few Poirots. But Poirot, for me, will always be David Suchet. Yeah. And they have actually brought back those movies. And so maybe that's what inspired it is, you know, the latest Poirot movies have done quite well with Kenneth Branagh. But when you grow up with a show that you really connected with, it's so hard to see it recast. I mean, they've done a couple of Marples as well. Maybe it'll work, particularly for the younger generation who didn't grow up with it. If they can get the casting right and, and a really good script, then... But I think it has to stick to the general feel of what it was, which was, like you said, comfort TV. And someone else said on a tweet, it's true. I frequently watch uh, Murder, She Wrote when I need familiar comfort TV, even if murder and comfort don't belong together. If they try and make it too modern, too edgy, I don't think it'll work. Do you know what? I agree. And I've actually thought like who would be perfect casting. Okay. Susan Sarandon. (gasps) Oh, that could work really well. Well done. And then they could have a throwback episode with um, Thelma and Louise, you know, uh, Gina. (laughs) Gina Davis could turn up. Yeah, Yeah. she could come in in one episode. Yeah. One of the things that I read about when I was doing some research on uh, Murder, She Wrote that I absolutely love is that did you know that Angela Lansbury made it a practice to lean on the casting to specifically hire guest actors and cameo performers of Mm. a certain age who were no longer steadily working and they'd failed to financially qualify for their Screen Actors Guild medical and dental benefits. So she got a lot of these people that she maybe worked with 40 years ago but were no longer getting work and she made sure that they got cameos to help them uh, re-qualify and get their medical benefits. And she was just known supposedly as a really wonderful person. So, you know, I think that's what we picked up on. She really shined and had that kind of energy of the kind of like... Yeah, the kind of ultimate matriarch, really. Yeah. And you know what, Sarah? I'm thinking we missed a trick here. We should be hired to write this reboot. (laughs) We're here. We're ready. We're available. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And for someone who has definitely, I have put in the research, guys. I've spent (laughs) years watching these murder mystery shows. So our question today comes from Claire in Surrey, who runs a cat Instagram account. They're two beautiful cats called The Life of These Two Fluffs. And her question is, Rihanna has called her new baby Riot. And Love Island stars have called their baby Bambi. If you were a celebrity, what unique name would you give your offspring? So I thought it was a great question. Mm. But first off, Sarah, 
what do you think of these names? I mean, they're getting more and more like wacky, aren't they? And would you call your child Riot? You know, I probably wouldn't. It's very cool. I don't know. I feel like if you're Rihanna, you can get away with a lot of stuff. And if your yeah. mum's going to be Rihanna, you're unlikely to be teased at school. So it's almost like different rules apply for, for celebrities like that, you know. I mean, we've said many times, I'm white, middle class and middle aged. I don't know that I could get away with a kid called Riot. People would be like, what are you doing? But <laughs> I do like to, to choose very, um, let's say, poetical names for animals. So my cat is mm. called Ophelia. Yeah. And I've already decided if I ever get another cat, the next one's going to be called Persephone. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's already yeah. quite out there. And if I had a kid, would I be able to call them that? I don't know. But these names, um, maybe you just get used to it after now, not a while. But it's, it's, I think she can get away with it. I don't know how many other people can get away with that. Yeah. And I think that's sort of very much in the sort of the world of celebrities and it calling your children really interesting names that kind of sound very distinct and kind of out there. You know, I love Madonna. She started yeah. off with like, I don't, I've literally never met anyone in my life called Madonna. So I, I initially, when I was younger, I wanted to have a, a young girl called Madonna. And I also love the name Blossom. So when mm. Jerry Halliwell had her first girl and called it Blossom Madonna something, I was like, oh no, she stole my <laughs> idea, Jerry Ginger Spice. I mean, maybe you could shed some light on this, but when you go to school in the UK, especially with posh girls, they can have these really funny names that sound beautiful, like India and Prunella. That's my cousin's Prunella. name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's It's a fine. beautiful name. But you know when um, very posh girls have got these incredibly long names, but then they shorten them to things like, she's called Bob. So I had a girl at school um, in my class who was called Venetia, but everyone called her V. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, Miranda where she talked about all the like names that Bruschetta McCorkadell, she was saying like, you know, and it's that classic posh girl, yeah. public school, boarding school names. Uh, Mallory Towers. Del yeah. Waters. Yeah. I remember all these girls now. But the thing is, I really wanted to have, um, apart from Blossom and Madonna, I really like the name Savannah, mm. Rebecca, you know, these really lovely names, you know, that are classic. Kate. I love the name Kate. So there's lots of lovely names out there. I suppose if you start off with parents who are in um, in the entertainment industry and maybe you're going to follow through there, yeah. then you're absolutely fine. Yeah, I do remember reading quite a lot of the reaction to Rihanna's son's name. And one of them on Twitter was, seriously, are these real names? And if so, why? Why aren't people satisfied with their given names? And why name an infant Riot? What kind of message is that? And then the man online, they said, Riot? Razor, what happens if they choose a life outside musical sports? But this hasn't been the only controversy. You know, a lot of people are saying his full name is Riot Rose and, and sort of fans are reacting to the female part of his name. And then there's photos of him dressed in pink. And someone said this on Twitter. Put this man in pink and name him Riot Rose. Not that she should care, but, you know, they're going to run with that. And then another one said, and they think it's a conspiracy that, you know, and that actually it's a girl. Someone said, I don't know if Rihanna is trolling. The baby's name is Riot Rose, dressed only in pink, and it's a boy. She's winding us all up. And another user agreed and said, facts are, I think it's a girl. They want to play with the people. However, others said, I know, but Riot Rose is wearing floral pink socks. But Rihanna says she'll dress her kids regardless of gender norms. So that does make sense. 
I mean, gosh, there's so much discussion. And going back to our baby bumps episode, people love to speculate about all this, don't oh, they? Oh, they absolutely do. You know, it's particularly Rihanna. I mean, she's such a cultural icon. And, you know, her first son, she named, I think, Razor Athelstan. She, she wasn't going to just choose, you know, Lisa or Sarah. Um, so <laughs> why not, Rihanna? Names. <laughs> why not? I actually think Riot would be a cool name for a girl, even. Yeah, I, I actually think, so think I too. prefer it for a girl, maybe. But we always say this in every episode. Why do people get so invested in the names? <laughs> we said she's a mega celebrity. She's going to go big with the name, right? You know, they have to have these sort of mythological proportions almost. But if they came out and called their kids Sue. That's my mum's name and your mum's name. That's my mum's name. But like, it's quite a classic name. It, it's almost like, do you think they'd get a lot of shit for that too? Like, it's almost like they can't win in a way. But it's a big responsibility as a parent. Like I said, you can kind of like give your child a bit of destiny with the name you give them, right? But also, I want to bring up the idea of like, you, you can't predict because there could be a name that is a totally generic name like calling your kid in the 20s Adolf was had no association after the world war Adolf would have been like shit I can't believe I named my kid this that's all the association is going to be yeah and it's like you could name your kid something before that person becomes famous and just tarnishes that name and you're like Oh, well, man. and just going straight back to our current episode, we said the same thing, didn't we? Yeah. Like it's completely hijacked the name, the meme. Yeah, you didn't know beforehand. So yeah, exactly. So but when you think about it, the ultimate for me is Posh and Bax, Romeo, Brooklyn. Yeah. Cruise. I can't remember the little one. Cruise, Cruise. and then Harper for the girl. Actually, I like Harper. <laughs> but for, I like the name. Like they were never going to have normal lives anyway, were they? They've got mega famous parents. They've got access to a lot of money, so they're not going to have to get a job um, and worry about that. To a certain extent, you've got more freedom, I suppose. I suppose that's what Elon Musk's children are going to say when they grow up. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I'm E squared. <laughs> so we're going to wind things up with our crazy celeb prediction for the week. And uh, let's just kick it off. Lisa, what is yours? Well, I'm seeing George Clooney and Amal Clooney everywhere. I'm starting to think that he's going to run for president. <laughs> and he's going to bring in, is it the Ocean 13's team to be his cabinet? What do you think? Not that far off <laughs> considering we've had um, the Terminator as the governor of California. So exactly. you never know. And yours. Okay, so mine is that Kim Kardashian pulls a Charlize Theron and straight off her thing of being an American horror story, she deliberately gains weight and uglifies herself for a very serious film in her attempts to win an Oscar. Oh my gosh, I love that every prediction every week's got to do with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I hope that there's something epic next week. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. So please remember to rate us on Spotify with five stars if you haven't done that already and give us a really great review on Apple if you have the time because it really helps with the algorithm and hopefully new people finding the show so that we can grow our tribe of wonderful people. Exactly. And actually, I did see two new reviews last week. So thank you so much for that. And also follow us over on Instagram and come and say hello. We're at ST2C podcast and send us your questions for our next mini. See you soon. See you soon. 
This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.